0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure the, the the Europeans at the time were thinking they can't. They can't decide. They're not going to leave. They can't. Do, they we can't leave on nothing.
1: I do remember it seemed like they were basically extending the time. Like it seemed like every time mm. the hard date for you guys like getting out was pushed out. going, <laughs> Oh, we'll give you more time. We'll give you more time. And I'm like that to I, I me. That what, seems I, like a strategy where you're just going. We give them enough time. Then we <laughs> won't even have to deal with this. You know, just keep dragging yeah. it out
0: and. I do I do remember, uh, I, d- I did have all the dates perfectly in my mind. Um, and they sort of slightly escaping me now because there were so many. It was a, uh, March 2018, 19, I believe was the official date. That got pushed back a year. It had to be voted through. Everyone was this uproar about, well, you voted to leave and you're still not left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still abiding by European law. The Europeans were starting to enforce some really harsh legislation in the UK and fine them for certain things, so, you know dragging money out of the coffers, thinking we were going to leave. Um, and eventually, it, it just got to a complete deadlock to the point where Theresa May had to, um, she had to go because yeah. she, she, she lost had, completely loss of support.
1: She lost like a lot of political capital, basically. And
0: and I feel, yeah, I feel really sorry for it to be honest because mm-hmm. she always had the the she always had the intention to do it right, but I think she just wasn't strong enough. I think she she bent her opinions too much, and I think she tried to come to an agreement with other parties, but then. By the time she'd done that, she'd lost all the conservatives and all the voters, and the conservatives at the time were were scared they're going to lose the next election because Theresa was becoming really unpopular. So yeah. they essentially, ousted her, they ousted Theresa May out, and I think she had to resign in the end. I mean, she, you know, she yeah. was on the, yeah, she was on the uh, podium outside Number Ten crying, you know, just before she left, you could see it, she was welling up and had to leave. So, yeah, and she did quite a lot during time, but Brexit was just killed, and I think it'll always be unfortunately something that shadows over her. But of course, after that.
1: Yeah, Who's going to do good up? in that situation where you're trying to leave an mm-hmm. organization that still because you haven't left technically governs you in a way like, cause it, before you leave, aren't you still at least required to follow their laws and stuff like that? And you're also trying to get your own country to go along. And I liked her for one reason that it was a small article I read where she got mad at a lot of um, I think people in her own party or someone In Like a lot of people in politics were like using perks to, I mean, in politics, everyone does this, but it was like a very abuse. They were abusing the perks, like just taking car, like government cars and like going on (laughs) vacations and stuff. And she like, shut it down. I remember reading about that. I'm like, you know, I kind of like a rule that goes, Hey, 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 let's rein it in. (laughs) Stop all these shenanigans. And (laughs) like, you can't just spend our money like that for you to go to polka.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she did at the time. I think Cameron. Whilst I quite like David Cameron, I think he was a very central mm-hmm. politician. I think people on both sides of the party sort of liked him. I say it's not in a weird way, but he's sort of a a good looking bloke. Everyone, you know, he's just some of them. Some people you think, mm-hmm. yeah, he looks like a politician. He looks like mm-hmm. and you know, it's he's got the like smile nowadays. down and everything. Yeah, he's got the he's got the white teeth and he's got mm-hmm. the education and he can speak well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, David Cameron was was prone to cronyism a little bit cronyism a little bit um i think Theresa may yeah he had a lot of allies in in parliament and he had to resign because his position was untenable because of brexit you know Mm -hmm. he could have kept going he could have definitely kept going Mm -hmm. um yeah and a lot of them were were cameron allies and Theresa may i think was sort of the cameron ally but at the same time didn't Mm -hmm. she was almost too morally nice to be a politician sometimes she thought she was really i mean she she fought a lot for women's rights and she changed a lot of legislation around uh, human trafficking and all this sort of stuff, and she saved, she, she done mm-hmm. loads of good stuff. But she wasn't, she wasn't sharp. You know? yeah. I think in politics, people don't get to the top for no reason. You normally know, find that. I think she found yeah. herself there for good reasons rather than bad reasons, and she got eaten alive. I think was one of them. Sort of happened.
1: Yeah, for my opinion, anyway. That's I can see that in a lot of politics just across the world, and I mean, mm. it's kind of sad because you go, wait a minute. The people that are supposed to help everyone and you know control everything have to be killers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible yeah, people to get there.
0: Like, yeah, no, I know. I know. Um, you know, she was. Yeah, she was just. A, she was a massive women's rights activist, but the equality rights. She she didn't believe in sort of this sort of new feminism, as very much an old style '80s and '90s feminism, or even earlier in that. Sort of, you know old school feminism. And uh, she was really popular. She was really popular. She you know, people liked her, but the problem is that she was slightly weak-willed that Labour came out with this new, exciting young, even though he wasn't, I mean, he was a, he wasn't mainstream in any sense of the word, but, you know, Jerry Corbyn, you know, this person who sort of sends out support for the Iranian regimes and has been pictured with the IRA and who, Mm -hmm. you know, were killing politicians in the 80s and he was taking pictures of them and he's been on stages with, you know, these, uh, so he's a, this really strange character and mm-hmm. he this, this assurgence of unions and far left communist politics, actually, you know, the people who are funding the Labour Party called um, uh, Unite may not be, I can't remember right now, but um, mm-hmm. they are a self-renowned Marxist union and they were the ones funding the Labour Party, who the Labour are supposed to be, you look back at the years of Tony Blair, um, you may come across him, but very centralist Slightly just slightly to the left, and they just flew within one election all the way to the other side, to the, to, all the way to the deep left. So, yeah, but um, yeah, so I think you know, after that, you know, when Boris Johnson came into power, he was voted, it was quite obvious he was going to come into power. He didn't have much, everyone knew it was mm-hmm. everyone always saw Boris Johnson as the next prime minister, it's just never happened, never happened, never happened. Yeah, suddenly he, he gets it, and um, he just takes no prisoners. He took no yeah. prisoners of the EU. He said, this is how it's going to go. If you don't do it, I'm leaving without a deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's it. And leaving without yeah. a deal would have been catastrophic for both of us. But he was willing to, you know. He still, still make chicken. one.
1: They made one in like the 11th hour. But from what I understood, it was like basically. Yeah. Really, really? All right, we're just going to push really it through man. because we got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think this is what Boris Johnson comes to in
0: the end. Theresa May kept changing her red lines. Mm-hmm. I think she had a red line. They said, no. Okay, well, here's a new red line. Boris Johnson never changed his red lines. And I think the Europeans took it all the way to the last minute to try and get him to change his mind on certain things. He would not budge. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they got, you know, it wasn't the perfect deal, but he got a very, a dramatically better deal than Theresa May got. Mm -hmm. Dramatically better. And it just shows. I mean, the Europeans were coming out uh, at the time, um, Barnier and um, all the other, all the other ragtag European politicians coming out saying, this is, we're going no further. This is how far we can go. It's impossible.
1: And then they and, go further, and...
0: and they go a lot further, a yeah. lot, a lot further than what Theresa May got.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, the only sticking point towards the end, we agreed trade. We basically copied over a trade deal and changed the UK to the EU. We mm-hmm. put, took all their legislation and changed EU to UK. It was pretty much the mm-hmm. copy and paste job. Um, Get rid of all know, the EU's. Put a K
1: after the U and
0: yeah. Literally, I mean, I've seen some where they forgot to change some of the EU stuff in the UK. UK <laughs> really? I, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I work a lot with UK legislation now. We have to do mm-hmm. entirely new legislation, of course. And there, are, you can find it. The, there are references to things that are not applicable anymore. Only in the European Union they're applicable. Um, mm-hmm. EU, you can see sometimes in the foot of notes, they haven't changed. <laughs> so you can tell. We had to get it done quick. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they did. Um, like you know, go- our government, I don't know what it's like in the US, but our mm-hmm. government does not move fast. You know, uh, well, the civil service is not known for efficiency. I can tell you that.
1: Oh, um, then it seems we take after our uh, father. Country.
0: Yeah, yeah. We might have taught you something. Yeah. But yeah. No, but, hey, you but, want um, us to move slow?
1: Yeah. We can do that. You want us to move fast? Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> well, that's um, another thing as well, Boris Johnson. Too. Yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry, my friend, I was just, just, just going
1: to bring up a thing about, I remember my mom got like a scam call from our version of the revenue service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a like scam on the IRS where they're pretending to be the IRS saying she was going to be... Arrested tomorrow, and she owed like this amount that they had to, that she had to wire, or she, or a sheriff's department was going to be there to arrest her. And I'm like, Mom, yeah. um, the government never moves that fast. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They will never come and arrest you tomorrow, even if they have every right to, because they're going to get like three different warrants, and then they're going to show up, and you might be there, you might be at work, <laughs> they'll figure it out, but you're going to have more than yeah. enough warning, especially with the IRS. Yeah no. I completely
0: agree. I think, you know, and at, at the time, I think a lot of people thought, you know, civil service, civil servants are going to get this done. Mm-hmm. And they, and they weren't really, I mean, a lot of the government at the time and labor, labor and left wing politics believes in a, you know, a larger state and larger um, civil service and the service believe in a less more streamlined service, you know, you know, privatizing parts of the NHS, for example, which is, you know, um, blasphemy, you can't say that. I mean, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. The NHS is the key. Um, but it's it, it was that sort of uh, that sort of you know outlook, and I think um, when the Boris Johnson took over, and partly Theresa May as well, it started to bring in, and I helped as well with bits when I was at, I can't say too much, I can't yeah, know, say thanks. exactly what, but um, when I was at Deloitte at the time, helping you know left HMRC, and then started helping the government with policy and and uh, how things are going to you know, how the hell to fix this Brexit thing, because at the end of the day, people inside the civil service could have done it. I mean, they just didn't they didn't have enough. The problem is in the civil yeah, I mean, the problem with the civil service is you have one job mm-hmm. and you tick a box in that one area. Whereas to do Brexit, you need to bring a thousand know, boxes together, and they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot, a lot, of this went out to the consultancies and the, uh, the you know, the, the the high players of the world in that sort of area, and they they helped get this done, really.
1: Well, I know, I know the consultancies they play a lot, uh, a very large part, or I know they did at least in Brexit. And um, yep. what I thought was funny was they were trying to. Right after you guys helped them, I just saw an article or something where they're trying to basically limit how much you guys can do. Like, apparently, the Big Four regulate like or do the accounting on like ninety percent of the FTSE uh, 200 or something or top two fifty. Yeah, and yeah, so that's the first they basically went. It's not going to happen. But <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. the biggest problem they got there is that, um, and that's
1: <sighs> lack it's of
0: employers. Yeah, I slightly, mm-hmm. I slightly agree with the sentiment because
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, there's so, there are a lot of companies and I don't really know how exactly how it works in terms of how, who has to be audited in America. I've actually never looked into that. But here, the big four rule, the, the FTSE 100, which is the largest 100 companies. And they probably rule, I don't know about the FTSE 250, but I'm assuming they're going to rule at least 80% of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the problem is that they were making it's just every every other week it was coming out about these companies that were going under and their orders were the orders get a one, just, a 1.6, 1.6 million fine, 2 million mm-hmm. fine. And it was like, you know, KPNG, Deloitte, PwC, EY making mm-hmm. hand over fist making billions a year, signing mm-hmm. off on accounts that shouldn't be signed off. Mm-hmm. And people are losing their jobs because of it. And that's yeah. the big issue. That's the, that's the political issue is that these entire companies are going under because they're signing off on accounts that should be signed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and i think carillion at the time so carillion was the big one which started this mm-hmm. and kpmg were the auditors and i was there at the time oh, i was just there you know, i was just joined them at the time mm-hmm. and they were a big government contractor who did um i think it was housing and, and that sort of stuff and they were mm-hmm. operating they were taking jobs on at a loss they were losing money on every job they were taking with the government and it made no sense kpmg stood off the accounts for years they went under I think it was thousands of jobs got lost because of that thousands and thousands of jobs um, public housing couldn't be built, and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, and then everyone sort of went, "What the hell's going on?" And mm-hmm. so from there, it's it, it's ramping up again to say, you know, we need to sort of break away. You need to. This is a monopoly at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not doing your jobs. Yeah. you're not filling out. And the, the, the punishment isn't big enough. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, when you made a billion and you have to pay a million dollar fine, it's kind of. I don't really
0: understand <laughs> why. I, I don't really understand why the fines are so low. Uh, there must be something. I mean, the problem you've got is that. Not that I'm accusing any of the big four of doing this at all. We'll never do that. But, um, you know, I think they have strong links in government. They, they lobby quite a lot. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think as every company does and lobbies for their industries, oh, yeah. um, there must be some influence in the policy. But I, I don't really know why, if someone loses 3,000 jobs, why they're only getting a million pound fine but,
1: or whatever the mm-hmm. fine was. But, um, yeah. And I know they're big in the US. I mean, they, they do a lot of the audits, especially with like any mergers and um you know mergers and acquisitions or just mm. just any private equity deal you'll see like before they present it to like shareholders where it's going to go mm. private they'll be like this is a fair deal or this is not a fair deal and mm. i don't really see many times where they go this is not a fair deal um now i don't know if that's just because people are doing their jobs right and go look we got to offer a fair deal or if not that's a little bit above my pay grade to be perfectly honest with you, but.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's well above anyone's pay grade right? with all the partners and making good money, which I hope to get there one day. But No, I think, um, I mean, to be honest, when I've worked there, I've, there's always been really rigid standards when I've been mm-hmm. there. I mean, really rigid standards. There's certain things you know I've had to abide by certain regulatory rules before I do, mm-hmm. and I've never seen anyone um, ever um, yeah. get away with anything. I've never seen it. So, so it's funny when you see it in the papers on you know how is this signed off, how is this signed off, and it might just be more of a a case of UK policy and the KPG are mm-hmm. following it. And it just so happens that yeah. the company's going out of business because the policy tight. I'm not, I'm not an auditor, so I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know whether it's, you know, obviously some orders can't be doing everything right, but um, I don't know whether it's, if it's, a, if it's a failure of the big four or if it's a failure of government policy. I suspect a bit of both.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could see that. And I could also see, like, with the advent of media and stuff now that you get it in a moment, there's more mm. visibility. I guess. So it's like, yeah, 90% of your stuff yep. might be good. Mm. You know, you're doing great on 90%, but no matter what business, someone's going to do something wrong at some point. Mm. You know, yeah. there's a few bad apples and everything and maybe they're just going, hey, look, and showing it. Yeah. And I mean, with the amount of deals they do, I could see oh, yeah. that being very easy if you're doing a million deals a year and yeah. you not need to find like a hundred. Yeah. I mean, the amount of
0: the amount of access I had to you know, some companies that, I mean, I'm sort of desensitized a little bit now, but when I first started at Deloitte, I was working with huge, massive companies, the Boeings and the Nikes, mm-hmm. Adidas, Amazons of the world. And I was thinking, buddy, oh, this is, you know, these are the biggest companies in the world and we're helping them with their, at the time, it's helping with their customs and trade. Uh, moving to KPG, same thing, you know, these massive, huge companies and uh, at the same time, they still help the, the mid-sized businesses, but they just know everyone. You know, uh, I've seen, you know, in, internally, they have these systems, of course, the relationship management tools. And uh, I think there's a person in a, a company that's not in them, with a name and a number and a, a previous work they've done with them. So, and they all rotate as well because you know if you're an auditor, you can't do their tax affairs, you can't do their, mm-hmm. um, you know, employment taxes and corporate taxes. So one year, you know, Disney might be with EY, mm-hmm. and then a couple years later they're with Deloitte, and then EY takes on the tax, and they will just rotate. So they all rotate each other's accounts. <laughs> so it's a strange, strange concept. I mean, it's, it's almost like a. I don't want to say racket because it's, you know, but it's just a, it's a club. And I think yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're making loads of money off it. And I think the public don't like it in that sense. And that's why it's it in the news because it's like, KPMG, why? PWC have done it again. And it's like mm-hmm. nothing ever really changes, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And sorry to get back to get, get back to Brexit. I was the one that took this no, I mean, on this no. tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I That's fine. But I was amazed at, um, number one, they were doing this Brexit stuff with COVID i like, am yeah. <laughs> like, like wow you guys yeah. got a lot on your plate over there we are we already got a lot on our plate but we don't have to leave the eu they're doing that and i remember yeah. there was like one point where a bunch of drivers got stuck i don't know if it was covid or brexit or both but they just got yeah. stuck between countries because they yeah. couldn't come back in and they couldn't yeah, go yeah. that way and
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that's called um says so in the UK is a, uh, something called operation stack and it's a government policy that basically is enacted anytime there is a large, so Dover port is our main port into the UK, it's where all the road, road freight, roll on, roll off freight, you know, electronic, it will go on the, you know, on the, on the back of the trucks and they come through Dover and they come out of Dover and they drive them to the country. That's our main port, that and Felixstowe are the two main ports in the UK um, and Hollyhead, serves Island. Um, so you had you know road freight coming in, and if you just didn't get the traffic right, because you know the motorways aren't that big in the UK. We haven't got we've only got you know, three, four.
1: I've been there. It's yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, It's not. And um, you know, it's called Operation Stack. It's, you get 25 mile backups in the south mm-hmm. of England, but by Dover, um, and they have to somehow clear it. Now the one you're referencing, I know the one you're referencing. That was in Cali, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a I think it's something like a 30 mile, um. 30 yeah. mile uh, all the way back out into calais <laughs> yeah
1: there was a lot of people stuck there i'm like what do you do yeah. at that point if you're if you're like stuck there like people are sleeping in their uh, cars oh, or yeah. trucks and yeah, they sleep
0: in their cars yeah they, they actually have to and there's rules as well and more bureaucratic stuff in the eu whether you want to see it good or bad but um they can only drive a certain amount of hours a day mm-hmm. um so they clock on at nine say so they clock on at five if the traffic starts going at six they can't drive so oh. you got all these people we should have be driving but they're not allowed to because they break their um the re- uh, work law regulations in the eu and i remember i didn't really realize that at the time but i remember speaking to the freight and freight forwarders who, you know, at the time um mm-hmm. the ones who were operating some of this and had the issues they were saying you know we, we can't physically tell our drivers to drive because they are be breaking eu uh, work laws
1: mm-hmm.
0: employment laws so <laughs> so that, that didn't help either <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: I didn't know if that was just yeah. Brexit or I thought it's COVID was thrown into it as well. But I remember hearing about like people were going out and bringing them food because they were stuck there. I, I think that was, that wasn't,
0: I think COVID probably didn't help with that. I don't think it was COVID really issue. I mean, these things happen every couple of years. I don't know what it uh, is. Something, something goes wrong in a system, can't process the weather and it just backs
1: just up. But... Too much trying to go in at once and then everything breaks Yeah, down. I
0: think so. I think so. But to your point with COVID, I think, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Boris Johnson. There's a lot of things I do like about Boris Johnson. But one thing I must tip my hat off to him is actually, you know, going through with Brexit during mm-hmm. COVID because he really turned the screw on the European <laughs> Union because they were suffering a lot more than us in a sense we were bad. We didn't, don't think we realised how bad it yeah. was at the time. Um, but we had a quite a lot of positivity, and I think it's all coming out. This is when Italy was going. For Italy were the first country to get you know really bad. Then France, then Germany, mm-hmm. and the UK's numbers were rising, but. Um, we didn't lock down too badly we, I think we locked down yeah. it, it wasn't the same and I think he turned the screw in the sign because you know he said you know you need money now for recovery mm-hmm. the UK we, as part of the and this is another massive thing about leaving the European Union we had to pay a um, a bill I, could, I don't even know why I mean all these years we've paid net into the European Union and, and potentially mm-hmm. had to rebuild the entire the entire European Union and you know especially after the Berlin Wall came down you know it was, the, mm-hmm. the Europe, it was Europe that rebuilt it all and the yeah. UK paid a all the roads that are built in germany and france the uk's got a percentage budget of it.
1: Mm-hmm. It, you know
0: there's an infrastructure budget for the entire eu which we paid into for years yeah it's all these houses public houses in italy were built with british money
1: yeah and what you guys are probably like i don't know obviously we're like yeah. wait why are we paying for their ro- roads when i got a pothole yeah. outside my door that should have been the... filled two years ago
0: well that's another thing as well you know we um we, we were the second largest bu- um, contributor to the budget behind germany so we were a huge huge budget contributor. Covid, I think at that time that's obviously a big thing. They didn't want to lose that money. They wanted a big chunk of us to leave, which we we agreed to amount in the end. Of. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was in the billions. You know, I think ten billions mm-hmm. actually. Um, it might even have been seventeen point four billion. That sort of rings a bell in my mind now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I don't know how we're paying that. I can't imagine it's a direct debit overnight. Because, <laughs> yeah. Years to pay that off.
1: It'll be there in the but, morning. Um, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No chance. But um, COVID made us say you know you can't if we do a hard Brexit, mm-hmm. which is what we were threatening, there's mm-hmm. no deal, no agreement. We are not paying you 17.4 bit, or we're not paying you the billions. That was what Johnson's come out and said, Yeah, he said, not, we're not giving you the money.
1: So and, here's, here's the carrot, and here's the step. Yeah.
0: And, and I think and that's what he'd done. And the, the most annoying thing about Theresa May, the worst thing she'd ever done was come out and say, No matter what, we'll meet our obligations to the European Union. They so just sat back and went okay oh brilliant okay yeah. well, you're gonna pay the money we'll negotiate hard mm-hmm. it's like that's the worst thing she ever done because it
1: you gave away oh, your was, like you showed your hand like we're gonna work with you
0: yeah or... i think it's it's a case of and you know it sounds like you've been to britain you might know some british people but you know we I
1: haven't like been in a while
0: other, oh yeah but i think the sort of societal spirit of what, what we have you know sort of fair play and that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. um you know, no, no underhanded secrets, no, you know, and I think America is slightly different. You know, you're in my mind though I see as I think America's more corporate sharks, you know. It's you get there, it's you know, you get there no, by any means necessary in a sense that, you know, and whoever gets to the top is the winner and the winner is, is you know, and it's mm-hmm. all about, you know, America first, America best. And that's fine. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. just Americans that's, and I think everyone knows that. But with the British we're not really like that. We're more conserved and we don't we, we don't like to Go out and say, like, you're not getting any money. you're know Trump went out to the NATO, and went, you're not getting, you're not getting any money. Well, we've never done that. We, it's not in our spirit to do that. I think um,
1: a lot of people like that, just because. Sorry to interrupt. I, this, l-
0: I like it. I like it. By the way. I'm not saying that's bad. I, I like that probably because as well,
1: just like it. you guys with uh, the EU, yeah. we we're footing like a, way more of the bill than we should have. I don't know have the exact figures, oh, I yeah. but I do remember going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's this many countries, and we're paying this amount. <laughs> The budget. It should just be the US thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was no wonder was, your no wonder your military budget's no wonder your military budget's larger than what the nineteen the nineteen following allies it has, including China and Russia. Yeah. <laughs> um, well not even allies, but more adversaries. But um yeah, and I think, you know, we paid we paid the carrot and the stick game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came out at the time, obviously people who didn't support Brexit and were saying, Oh, this is terrible, you know, this isn't the British spirit, we've we've completely demoralized our nation and And at the end of the day, we we got what we wanted, in a sense, Mm -hmm. and we left the the EU.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Due to editing, we're going to be breaking this interview up into a few segments. So if you enjoyed listening, please stay tuned and have a great day. Bye-bye.